Hey there, it's Jamie Scrimger here, and you're listening to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. I'm a wife, a mom, a stepmom, a coach, a conversation opener, and a BS caller. Eight years ago, I found myself sitting on the bathroom floor, bawling my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking, marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife. Look, don't get me wrong. I was madly in love. The kids were great. But being a stepmom is, well, it's just complicated. If you know, you know. As a 26-year-old with zero experience in the parenting department, I went to the internet for support. But I was disappointed with what I found. So I decided to create the type of support I was looking for. Raw, real, solution-focused conversations about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. Life can be hard, really freaking hard. But it's entirely possible to thrive amongst the tough stuff. Each week, I will bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Let's do this. I'm going to be completely honest about this episode. This episode did not go as well as I hoped. Gabby Bernstein is today's guest. Gabby is an international speaker, a New York Times bestselling author, and one of the top spiritual thought leaders. Now, Gabby has been on a spiritual path most of her life. She dabbled in it throughout her teens and in her early 20s. And she says she was a dabbler until her darkest hour when she hit bottom and got sober. She says the day she chose sobriety was the day she became a spiritual junkie. As a dabbler myself, I have dabbled into Gabby's books on and off for the last few years. Gabby is the number one New York Times bestselling author to not one, but eight books. Her new book, Happy Days, will be out when this podcast episode is released. Now, we were lucky enough to get Gabby onto the show while she was promoting her book. I spent hours going through her work and coming up with questions to talk to her about. I was so nervous. Probably the most nervous I've ever been for an episode. In fact, I am fairly certain that I'm going to look back on this interview as the one that really rocked me. It went like this. I got a little starstruck. Kind of mumbled and babbled my way through the intro. During the interview, my phone rang. I had turned off the ringer, but apparently it went right to my watch anyway. And as I tried to turn it off while interviewing Abby, all I could hear was my husband Darren saying, Jamie, Jamie, you there? Can you hear me? Then my doorbell rang. Gabby needed to let her cat out of the studio, so we had to press pause there. And then when I finally got my groove and felt like we were getting into the conversation and my nerves were settling down, she says, I have to wrap this up in two minutes because I have another interview. Apparently, only 30 minutes had been scheduled when on our end, we thought it was an hour. I was so disappointed. I was embarrassed with my interview skills, and I felt like I did not show up as my best because I was nervous as fuck. I really had to take my ego out of it, though, and had to be like, wow, okay, There's lessons here, but most importantly, there was game-changing advice in this interview and nudges that if you're prepared to hear them, will change the way that you look at conflict, your triggers, your judgments, and your anxiety, everything. There's so much here. So I switched my mindset about it, and I said I have to be grateful that I even had half an hour that never in my life did I think I would have the opportunity to have, and that I get to experience all of this growth with you guys. In the short time I had with Gabby, we talked about the importance of finding lessons in the hard stuff, how our own shadows show up in our conflict and our judgment with other people, how we project our insecurities when we judge other people. We talk about anxiety and going on medication and how that opportunity can act as an opportunity to go deeper into your anxiety 
and heal what's underneath it all. Gabby will also describe the stepmother experience in a way that may just bring you to tears. I hope you enjoy this episode and that you listen with an open mind. There have been times when I wasn't in the mindset or the place to hear Gabby's messages. I was so wrapped up in the anger and the resentment, and I felt like it was just a little too woo for me. But the deeper I dig into spirituality and forgiveness and examining my own judgments and trauma, the more I realize how powerful her practices can be in transforming how you show up and how you feel. Thanks for listening. Let's dive in. Well, welcome to the podcast. So good to be here. I am so excited for this conversation. It's been all week, really looking forward to this. I've been diving into all of your books that I've already read, but you know, when you go back and you're in a different place in life and you hear something that someone has said, or you read something that they've said, and it hits you in just a completely different way. Yes. That has been my week. So I'm really excited to dive in today. So for those who maybe are just kind of stumbling upon your work, can you give us just a quick little rundown on how you became Gabby Bernstein? That's loaded, I know. <laughs> I was born on November 1st, 1979. I can't believe I was born in the 70s. Like, what the fuck? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, I've been on a, I'm a woman who's been on a spiritual journey my whole life. I became a spiritual teacher at 25 after getting sober and then continued to develop my own inner awareness to what that meant to me. And now my ninth book, Happy Days, The Guided Path from Trauma to Profound Freedom and Inner Peace is out. And it really tells the full story of why I am who I am and how I got to this place of freedom and inner peace. So it tells the story, but it also gives the path. And so it's a long story. It's in a book, <laughs> but it started with my sober recovery and then built up and built up and built up. And all along the way, I just stayed committed and steady with a desire to feel free. Mm -hmm. And what's made you want to share this with the world? So when I, in 2016, I had a recovery of a, un, a dissociated traumatic event from my childhood. And then I went into deep dive trauma recovery and spiritual recovery. And more and more bottoms were hit along the way in the pursuit of getting to where I am now. But in 2016, when I remembered the trauma, I was like, I have to share this. I have to write a book about this. But I knew it wasn't going to happen until I was on the other side of it. So the reason now that I've written this book is because I'm on the other side. I also write my books for my own healing. And I know that I had to write this book in order to really get to another level of my own recovery. And I know that it's so strange, but I believe that God guides every single book at the perfect time that it needs to come out. There's no accident that this book is coming out right now. Mm -hmm. Well, I have started diving into it, but I am so excited to this actually this weekend. It's on my to-do list just to keep going through because it's just, it's so authentic the way that you share your own story and your own spiritual journey. And it's just so relatable. And before we dive into all the questions I have for you, I'd love to get a little bit of not a definition, but when you say living a spiritual life, what does that mean to you? Because I do think this word has started to be thrown around and there's a lot more conversations about it. What, what does that truly mean is to live, live a spiritual life? What that means to me is that I am in full faith and awareness and conscious awareness at all times that there is a ever-present 
energy of love that is within me and around me. And it's there to guide me and support me. And as long as I stay tapped into, tuned into that presence, I know I'm being guided. I know I'm on the right track. I know even the difficult moments have purpose and that they will be revealing something new. I move through life with grace living this way. So it's really like surrendering to the bullshit and finding the lesson in all of the hard things. Oh, yeah. Because I think sometimes people hear these conversations and it's like, find love and respond with love. And they're like, are you going through anything hard? (laughs) What do you mean? But you've gone through so much, right? Yeah. And they might be going through something hard, but they haven't yet faced it. So they're using the lexicon to sort of spiritually bypass the truth of what's really going on. Mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit more about what you mean when you say spiritual bypass or spiritually bypass? Well, listen, I think that a lot of folks right now, include. I mean, listen, spiritually bypassing is using spirituality as another form of getting, going above the problem or above the feeling. And sure, I think any, I would be wonderful to have more people spiritually bypassing than like, you know, raging on the internet or whatever, right? So it's not a bad thing, but it's just important to call out that there's deeper work to be done. And when we're like, oh, throw love at it or, you know, and it's not grounded in your truth. Like the lexicon is the lexicon. Like it's not the words, it's the energy behind the words. So if that's not truthfully grounded for you, then it's not going, it's going to fall flat. It's going to feel inauthentic to you and to the listener or the reader. For sure. I know you believe, and I believe, and I think a lot of us get to the point where we see it like this, but that you're always being guided and that the world is your classroom. And it's about finding the lesson in the hard stuff. Can you unpack what that means for you? And, you know, because my community, so, you know, I have a full community of stepmoms and man, blended family life, and it can be very, very hard. And you can be dealing with lots of emotions and lots of hard situations and so many situations where you don't have control. And there are a lot of stepmoms who are really, really struggling with all of that hardship. And for me, I'm always saying, I'm like, you have to just surrender to the bullshit. You really, really do. You just have to have that faith that things are going to work out and learn from situations. I do fully believe we find ourselves in situations so that we can learn the lessons that we need to learn. And if you don't learn it, you're going to be back there again and again. So when you say that in your books about how the world is your classroom, it just hits me hard because I'm like, yes, absolutely. What do you have to share to maybe stepmoms who are just in this space right now where they are just like struggling with lesson after lesson and just hardship and just tough family stuff over and over again? Like, it's just a trip. Well, I think to to all moms, and obviously I think there's definitely, to your point, many different challenges for, for a stepmom because it's not, it's, it's not, it, the child isn't come, hasn't come through you. But the thing I really would like to say from a spiritual perspective is that the soul did choose you. And so we become mothers in many different forms. And sometimes the baby comes through another human and maybe they have another mother as well. But there's still, there is still a soul contract between you and that child and to not underestimate that. And so with that contract comes commitment and service. And I would really, in my book, Happy Days, I have a whole chapter called Reparenting Yourself, 
where I took, I was, I have a three-year-old and I, when I was writing the book, I was reading a ton of Dan Siegel's work and he's this like excellent child psychologist. And I was reading all of Dan's work and so deeply moved by it. And it's really about noticing and really creating a secure, safe environment for the child. And he has something called the four S's, seen, soothed, safe, secure. I was like, wait, but what if I turned this upside down and made sure I was giving this to myself? And so I made that whole chapter about reparenting yourself using those tools. And that, for me, has made me a better parent. Because if I'm steady, if I'm secure, I can be a steady energetic force in my child's life. Because our children are always co-regulating with our energy. So the stepmom, the birth mom, the cat mom, whatever, your, <laughs> your baby or your child is always unconsciously looking to you to be a steady source of security. And that's not by what you say and what you do, although that helps. It's about the energy that you bring into that connection. Wow. That is so good. That, I could literally cry right now. I am so pumped about my newest partnership with Newcom. As I said, I have been actively trying to minimize stress and calm my mind and carve out time in my day for stillness and meditation, which, as we know, is easier said than done in this busy, stressful world that we're currently living in. So Newcom is patented neuroscience technology clinically proven to lower stress and improve sleep quality. It gives you the power and control to slow down and recharge when you need to by guiding you to your natural recovery state. Within minutes, Newcom guides your brain waves to frequencies for deep recovery and restoration. Amen. So here's how it works. You apply the Newcom biosignal processing disc to your inner left wrist. Then you connect headphones to your mobile device and select your Newcom journey in the mobile app. Cover your eyes with the Newcom light blocking eye mask, get comfortable and zen out. It is so freaking good. Newcom is the world's first and only patented technology clinically proven to lower stress and improve sleep quality without drugs. For more than 20 years, the company has been helping people like elite military operators, to cancer patients, to pilots, to professional athletes, to veterans, to regain control of their lives by helping them manage stress. It used to be a $6,000 class three medical device. Now it's easier to use and much more affordable through a subscription. So for as little as $167 per day, you can take control of stress, poor sleep, and own the day. Newcom has become one of my favorite rituals and is my new favorite form of self-care. I cannot tell you how good this feels. So you can learn more and get all the details at www.newcom.com and use the code JAMIE10OFF for 10% off. That's www.newcom.com and use the code JAMIE10 for 10% off. This episode is sponsored by Stepmom Magazine. Guys, Stepmom Magazine is probably one of the only stepmom resources that I check out on a regular basis. It is an online magazine with articles from all the top step parenting experts on all things stepmom life. If you've been through it, Stepmom Magazine has covered it. The articles inside Stepmom Magazine are written by a hand-selected team of experts. Contributors are licensed therapists and published authors and step family professionals who just get it. 
Stepma Magazine also has eBooks that you can download if you're struggling with a particular issue, such as disengaging or dealing with the ex or having an R's baby and more. It is a super cost-effective way to get support and most importantly, reassurance that you're not alone. It is such a great feeling when you get the monthly email letting you know that the monthly edition is ready. The articles are always so timely. To subscribe, head to www.stepmamagazine.com and use the code JAMIE20 to save 20%. Again, that's www.stepmamagazine.com and use the code JAMIE20 for 20% off. We find ourselves, I think, in these tough situations, whether it's ongoing stress or ongoing conflict or just things happening in our lives. What do you do when you're struggling to find the lesson? You're like, okay, so this is my classroom. There is a lesson here. We keep finding ourselves in this situation again and again, or, you know, I'm dealing with, you know, whatever struggles and relationships that you have going on. How do you find the lesson when you're unsure what that is, but you know, there's something there? Well, here's the deal. It'll keep coming up until you show up for it. So the lesson is there is an opportunity for a lesson there. So if the same situation keeps coming up again and again and again, that's the universe saying there is a lesson here and it will stop coming up once you show up for it. So how do you unpack what the lesson is? I actually have a whole process for this in The Universe Has Your Back, in my book, The Universe Has Your Back. The process is really first and foremost by recognizing that there's a lesson to be had. So just by looking and saying, oh, okay, this is the same repetitive pattern. Okay, am I willing to look a little bit more closely at what lives beneath that pattern? And then you could take, I mean, you could take any form of self-help book or therapy or any one of my nine books and just be like, okay, let me start to look at that gently. And as you open up your conscious awareness to what that pattern may be, you'll start to open up possibilities for undoing that pattern. And then that therapist will show up in your life or you'll listen to this podcast or you'll be guided to a book or something will happen that will help give you the next right action. But you have, it all begins with having the awareness that this repeated behavior and the repeated results that keep coming back, coming back, coming back are a universal assignment, a spiritual assignment for you to go deeper. Mm-hmm. And I think to do that, you have to stop looking outward at what everyone else is doing and how everyone else is acting and how everyone else is showing up. That's where the tricky is. Let me give you some some nice self-help advice. Here you go. How everyone else is showing up is not up to you. You take care of your own side of the street. And also comparing yourself to others is a bunch of bullshit because they are suffering too. The whole projection piece. So when you are judging someone else, you're actually projecting your own stuff. It is it's just a form of projection. And I struggle sometimes. Well, judgment is just judgment, right? We all, we all get caught up in it. And then we have to kind of take a step back and see what's actually happening and see where this is coming from. Can you share a little bit about that whole idea Sometimes I'm reading and I'm like, yeah, I get it. And I'm in these situations and I'm doing this work. And then other times I'm like, what does that have to do with me? Or looking at something someone else is doing or, 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 or say we're struggling with it. What does that have to do with me? Just kind of walking us through that one. Cause I know there's, I'm not the only one who struggles with that piece and, you know, judgment and in, in general, like we all we're human beings, right? I wrote a whole book about it. Yeah. It's, it's so good. <laughs> it's right behind me actually. <laughs> 
Honestly, if you read that book and practiced that book, you are a rock star because a lot of people don't finish that book because it's really asking a lot of the reader. Judgment Detox is the book we're referencing. So when we're judging others, we're projecting out what we don't want to feel within ourselves. So often the, the, the things that we judge are a moment to turn inward and say, what is this? How is this a unresolved part of my own shadow? And sometimes it could be, oh, I don't like that in them because it reminds me of myself or the parts I don't like about myself, or I'm judging that because it's something I wish I had. And so really, instead of pointing your finger out there, use it once again as a spiritual assignment to point that finger directly, gently back to yourself and say, hmm, what's underneath this? Who's that? The feelings below the feelings or below the triggers. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And what kind of questions should people ask themselves when they're doing this work? When they're like, okay, I want to dive deeper, but I'm struggling to, besides buy all of your books, because that's a given. Well, I think it's about becoming curious. So it's noticing, oh, I'm in that judgment again. So that's the first step in the judgment detox is witness your judgment without judgment. Yeah. Just look at it and be like, oh, there you are again. Okay. What do you want to reveal to me? And becoming really curious. Oh, okay, you know, really loving and compassionate and curious towards the judgment. The judgment is just a, another form of you protecting yourself from feeling something impermissible. So if you were just to look at it and say, what do you want to reveal to me? Maybe you journal with your judgment. Maybe you talk it through with a girlfriend or a therapist and just get curious. And so much will be revealed. Now, you have experienced anxiety and depression. That has been something that you've dealt with in your life. Can you share a little bit about how that shows up for you? Because I've been very open about my experience with anxiety and depression and all the things, but it's, it's just such a blanket word, right? And the way that shows up for different people is completely different. So we have different, you know, you can have a biochemical condition that's causing anxiety and depression and that's real. You know, we got to address that with psychiatric support. And then there's this low grade or even forefront anxiety and depression that's rumbling because there's unresolved traumas that we haven't faced. And so we are in this state of hypervigilance as a way of pushing down those impermissible past experiences that we can't face today. That's what I touch into most in Happy Days is how to compassionately touch into those parts of us that need more healing. Because Anxiety is just another way of running from those impermissible feelings. And until we re resolve that root cause condition and reprocess it in our body somatically and in our brain, we're going to keep running from it. We're going to keep getting triggered into that state of hypervigilance. And what does that, what does that look like for you? How did you go through that? Well, I lived with a undiagnosed anxiety disorder for decades until I actually was blasted out with it through postpartum anxiety and depression. And so by the grace of God, that happened because it brought me to my knees and I had to take psychiatric support. And that psychiatric support was an antidepressant and it saved my life. But what it did most wasn't just numb me out. It gave me a safer baseline to go even deeper in my therapy. And so from that baseline, that new baseline of safety, I could go deep into the places that scared me and come out the other side. So I used that diagnosis as a opportunity to go real deep. And that's what, that's what I've written about here. This is where I went. And some people may find that psychiatric support. Some people may not have a biochemical condition and they just really need 
this, you know, maybe need, need some meditation practices to support them while they go deeper. You know, there's a lot of paths, but what's required is that deep inquiry and resolution through therapeutic work to come out the other side. Now, do you, so you think you always had anxiety and then it just became a larger issue after you had your daughter? I have a, I have a, I have a son and a girl cat. Oh, sorry. Oh, girl cat. I'm like, <laughs> so after you had your son? That's okay. But it's cool that you said daughter because I have a sense that there might be a daughter coming to me. So it's interesting you just said that. Okay. So we, we all have these different attachment styles. And I think, and it's really, I break it down in the book, but it's really, sorry, I keep going back to the book, but the answers are all there. So like, you know, it's so funny. You can get on a podcast and they ask you all these questions and I'm just like, read the book, like, read the book. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So no, but there, we all have these different attachment styles based on our childhood experiences. And if we grew up with a environment that was anxious, like, which means that the parent was sometimes available, sometimes not, and you didn't know what you're going to get every day, right? That creates what's called an anxious attachment style. And so I lived with that anxious attachment style to others, but also just that underbelly of anxiety because it was what I was brought up around. And then I experienced traumatic events in my childhood that also put me into a place of post-traumatic stress disorder, which I just consistently lived in hypervigilance for decades and decades and decades. And so first, it's about having a greater awareness of why it's there in the first place, which is what I address in the book. And then being guided and allowing yourself to be guided to the therapeutic support systems and spiritual support systems that will help you find a new baseline of safety. And then you can ultimately go take that little girl who experienced all that neglect or trauma or whatever and become her internal parent. Learn how to, to really show up for her or him who's ever listening. I love what you just said about baseline because I started taking medication for my anxiety three years ago and I was actually just on a podcast interview and we were both talking about how, because she had experienced the same thing as me. And we both talked about how for my whole childhood, because I also had some very just inconsistent parents. Sometimes they were there, sometimes they weren't. And, you know, anxious attachment. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know that everyone wasn't going through life feeling like their chest was pounding and that they had butterflies and that they were going to be late, even if they weren't going to be late. And that if they didn't control everything, shit was going to fall out underneath. Like I didn't know everyone didn't feel like that. You just said the most affirming thing to me that I went through 39 years of my life, 40 years of my life, not knowing that the rest of the world wasn't under like fault, like a false form of attack at all times, you know, that wasn't in a state of hypervigilance at all times. Cause I lived exactly, I was like, control, control, control. Right. Yeah. And you dive into it 100%. Then you take these pills and you're like, whoa. Yep. Yeah. That's, that is the baseline that you receive from the psychiatrist. But more importantly, what are you going to do with those pills? So that's what my psychiatrist said to me. She said, these will give you the baseline and you've done a lot of work but now you're going to be able to go deeper into the therapeutic work to really get safe enough to go there. And so that would be my challenge. I bet a lot of people listening are on meds, which is beautiful and congratulations. And I'm so happy you found yourself to safety, but this is your moment. What are you going to do with it? Go deeper, go into the therapeutic practices and heal what's underneath it all. I 100% agree because a lot of the work that I've been doing and just going back into my childhood and diving into my triggers, I'm like, why was I trying to control everything? Just digging deep. Back then, I would not have been able to do that without spiraling for the rest of the day. And it comes back to that baseline. You, you 
you have this sense of safety and you can find the purpose in going through and doing that work. But it's true. You do have to be in a space to do the work because it is so hard and it can be so traumatic going back and reliving these things and getting to the point where you can reparent yourself. To really speak to what you just said, that's why I wrote this book, to help people who are recognizing, oh, whoa, I've got some stuff to work on. Maybe they're on meds, maybe they're not. Maybe they're in therapy, maybe they're not. But there's something I got to look at. And this is that book for them to say, here's a journey to witness, to know you're not alone. And here's a guided path forward to all the infinite possibilities of recovery. Mm -hmm. I love it. So good. Well, thank you so much, Gabby, for taking the time. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you for holding space for this. Thank you. That's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, and if the podcast has been resonating with you, I would be forever grateful if you would head on over to iTunes and give the show a rating and a review. And if you know someone who would benefit from listening to this episode, be sure to send it their way. Now, if you are craving more, head to my website, jamiescrimger.com. There are lots of blog posts and podcast episodes and resources available for you over there. And if you really want to dive in, I do take on a limited number of coaching clients every month. So you can book one call or work with me for three months. Either way, we will create an individualized plan for your unique stepfamily situation. Remember, sitting around biatching about how hard being a stepmom is won't make being a stepmom any easier. If you want change in your life, it has to start with you. Chat with you next week.